Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Gemma and welcome to another episode of Good Influence. This is the podcast where each week you and I meet a guest who will help us pay attention to something we should know about as well as answer some of your questions. This week we're talking about food waste, how much we're throwing away, why it's a problem and what we can do to save ourselves meals and money. Joining me this week is Max Lamanna. Max is a zero waste chef, a sustainability advocate, environmentalist and author. His award-winning debut cookbook, More Plants, Less Waste, was voted 2020's second most sustainable cookbook in the world, and he recently hosted a new series for BBC Earth, uncovering the UK's food waste issue. You can also find him on social media, providing recipes and videos on how to make exciting meals from food that might otherwise have been wasted. Yeah, this is what I have to remind myself. Just, I'm such a fidgeter, I'm just not allowed to touch anything. I might actually have to sit on my hands. This is my biggest, <laughs> biggest problem. <laughs> so you're a chef by background. How did you get into cooking? How did you get into veganism? And how did you progress to low-waste cooking? Well, my father bought his first two restaurants two weeks after I was born and grew up in his restaurants for 13 years, um, working in the back, <laughs> seeing how food was prepared and made in the restaurant and even at home, we would always uh, we were always cooking at home. Rarely ever went out to eat. So, food has always been this you know centerpiece in my life. It's very very important. Cooking food and family. And I worked nearly fifteen years in restaurants. I've worked every single job in in a restaurant, from washing dishes and working my way up to even managing cafes and restaurants. And I was always pursuing another career before becoming a chef. And yeah, it was just about three years ago where I realized, wow, okay, it's taken me this long. Um, I think I need to do something with food and the industry of food and really applied myself with, okay, this is, this is, this is what I'm meant to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to spend more time in this space. Do I open up a restaurant? Figuring it all out. Uh, ended up working, uh, with a Michelin-starred chef in New York City, and I was both working as a bartender and uh, as a line cook, and I was splitting the time between the two in the same restaurant, uh, still trying to figure out really why am I doing this. Uh, and I noticed one day, um, well, most days, a lot of the food in this restaurant was going to waste, and I wanted to make a change. I started seeing ways to improve the kitchen and ways to improve our cooking and how that can change. And, you know, if you're working for a Michelin starred chef, everything needs to be perfect. It has to be this, you know, this has to be, has to fit perfectly in the dish. It has to be this size. It can't have any, you know, it has to be perfect. And mm -hmm. 
I don't think that's how food is. Food is perfectly imperfect and you're going to have bumps and bruises and scars on food. And we should use those ingredients. We should champion those ingredients too on the dish. They should be the stars of the dish because nothing in life is, this isn't perfect, you know, and, and food is perfectly imperfect, like I said. And I think let's use the entire ingredient. So I started shifting and moving my myself out of the kitchen and, and finding ways to reduce food waste at home and started little by little putting things online. Um, and so everything kind of has kind of lifted off and uh, transpired from there. But um, with vegan cooking, I went, I was vegan about eight years ago and then fell off because it was a little bit, it was difficult for me. And I had friends who were challenging me and it was all this, you know, um, um, it was just difficult to have that conversation with friends when you're so new and so uh, uh, at that start of being vegan. This is 2012. Mm. And now I've been vegan a little over four years. And it's just like, for me, it's every, it's, I don't even think about it anymore. It's, I'm going to go to the shop, going to buy some fresh produce. Am I going to have noodles tonight? Am I going to have rice? Am I going to have tofu? What What is it, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I don't think about it too much today, but um, the the real, like the crux and like the focus of how I cook really, um, as you, you are aware, is finding a way to reduce as much as I can um, with little effort too. So I feel like the first thing to lead into really is just why is food waste a problem? Uh, if we have to unpack this question, um, we can be here for days. Um, food waste is such a problem because it's not just food that we're wasting. It's our money. We're wasting, essentially we're wasting our money. We're throwing away money. Um, 20 million slices of bread every single day in the UK are thrown away. And there's 2 million people who are starving, who are food insecure. Um, and you can make five sandwiches basically from those uh, slices of bread that are thrown away to feed the people who are hungry the most. Um, so it makes no sense. And the more and more I dive into food waste and see it on in large scales at the supermarket, at home levels, the more and more I need to do something about it or I need to talk about it more. I need to highlight and show people that there's easier ways to reduce their food waste. So how long has it been now that you have been pretty much zero food waste in your cooking? Yeah, for me, I think I've lost track now, but it's been over three years. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I started, I started uh, back in 2017. Um, actually, I think my anniversary just passed a couple of days ago. So it's been a little over three oh, congratulations. years. Um, yeah, thanks. I mean, it, I'm, I'm by no you know, no means of the stretch of the imagination. Perfect. Um, I have to compost some scraps of food. I'm not eating every single thing. I recently posted a recipe video of banana skins, which are edible, but I'm not eating banana skins every single day. I saw that one. I'm quite keen to try that one. I have to say. Yeah. Usually my uh, my old bananas are straight in the banana bread, but that doesn't solve the problem of the skins. So. Yeah, that's true. Um. So we're talking about. Well, you know, bananas, first example, but mm. being a plant-based vegan chef, you'll think a lot about composting and kind of any of the rest of the scraps. But if you're not vegan, food waste is still a thing that you can tackle, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 
I mean, food that you bring home, fresh produce, is it's one of the largest um, items of food that we throw away that ends up going to landfill. Um, I mean, even milk, eggs, those things are thrown away still too. So those are that's contributing to to uh, climate change. It's ending up going to a landfill unless you're composting it and you're finding a uh, purpose for that food to go to use. So you're putting it back mm-hmm. into like this a circular economy, whereas we're in a linear economy where we 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 take or borrow or use we uh, we use it up and then we throw it away and that away is some landfill that we never get to see, which is uh, accumulating waste upon waste upon waste. So, for example, a head of lettuce. I mean, most people eat leafy greens, mm-hmm. so um, a head of lettuce will take twenty five years to decompose in landfill. So wow. over those twenty five years it's releasing CO2. And so that's going into our atmosphere. And so CO2, it's this greenhouse gas called, um, here in the UK, you say (laughs) methane. (laughs) Where I'm from, we say methane. That is uh, going into our atmosphere and that's heating up our planet. So um, one thing that always catches or always like shocks me, and this might shock you too, Gemma, is that food waste on a, on a global scale, the amount of food that we throw away is six times more carbon emissions than air and ground transportation. So flying and driving and quitting, quitting all those things and riding a bike and walking to work is fine and great, but it's food waste that is a larger issue and it's never talked about. Wow. I had no idea it was that, that big actually. Like I knew, obviously I've like done some reading and I'm interested in this kind of thing. So I'd I know a bit about food waste and why we should sort of compost, etc. But I didn't know it was that much. That's crazy. <laughs> it's shocking. Yes. I mean, so I did some reading around before we recorded the episode because I wanted to know what we were looking like in the UK on food waste. So looking up some stats, our food waste in the UK has actually fallen by 7% over the past three years. So going in the right direction, but I feel like especially given those climate numbers, we can definitely do a lot more. It also says that the amount of food that we're currently wasting for an average family with children, which is a phrase I won't get into, is 700 pounds worth of food a year. Yeah, that's a holiday for some people. <laughs> people may spend that that amount of money on, on a holiday on a trip when they're not, you know, at home. Um, it, it, it is, it's, it's scary. But yeah, like you said, the, I guess the needle you know, the, everything is changing and, and um, we are seeing a decrease in food waste, especially uh, during lockdown. Um, we've seen uh, less food waste uh, being thrown away, less food, fresh food, edible food mm-hmm. being thrown away. But that is, I think, climbing right now. People are just getting in this uh, back into the routine of just taking, forgetting that they have it in their fridge and then they throw it away. I think if people can't get or wrap their minds around the the environmental impact that food has when you're not using it and throwing it away. Get behind the idea that this is just money. Like you said, it's 700 pounds for an average family. That's 700 pounds that you could have had that you could have used to to go somewhere else So or do something with that money. So it's, it's baffling when you... I can't... It, it sickens me to know that, you know, if I'm throwing something away that it's going somewhere and it's contributing to, you know, the, these, uh, you know, methane that is being released mm-hmm. into the atmosphere. It's also the fact that there are people who 
don't have enough food to live a healthy lifestyle each and every single day. So it's so many different kind of factors that come into play uh, when, when I'm deciding, do I eat this or do I compost it? Or Yeah. I think yeah. It, it's been a, a weird year food-wise anyway, given, well, I mean, it's been a weird year in general. But what with all the lockdowns and kind of trying to think back to the beginning of lockdown times when there was the awful supermarket stockpiling and that kind of thing and everyone was so aware of what they had and what they couldn't get what they didn't want to waste because they Mm. couldn't get more they didn't want to do unnecessary trips to the shops that we usually don't think about and also knowing because we've all heard in the media this year how many people have struggled this year and have been relying on food banks more than ever and it feels kind of immoral now I think it's sort of reframed the way we think about food and we think about wasting things in general this year a little bit and then when you couple that with with the climate change impact that wasting our food has I feel like there are a lot of people who are very keen to waste less but maybe don't know where to start especially when it comes to food so you've obviously gone all in on this lifestyle change um what would you say are some of the biggest sort of behavioral changes maybe that you had to do or if you were talking to someone and they wanted to reduce their food waste what are some main things they might want to think about to start doing that well i think first and foremost is to make friends with your freezer so i gave i've given my freezer a name so i when we associate something and we give it a name we become you know we end up using it more so my freezer his name is felix I put food in there and I end up I end up using the food that I've saved. And the freezer is a great place to start because it can preserve the life of the food. And we all have busy schedules. We don't know what's going to happen next week or mm-hmm. even tomorrow. So if we can save food and that freezer is that place, um, we can extend the life uh, expectancy of food and the, the shelf life of food. Um, so, and that also coincides or that kind of, brings me into like saving your leftovers. So if you're cooking and eating the food that you actually have first versus going out to the store and buying more food, uh, actually save the food and then, and then eat your leftovers. Um, most people, you know, see leftovers as second best, but in my opinion, I think the flavors develop more and you have richer and more, you know, more delicious food when, it's the, the, the spices and the herbs that you used have marinated over time. Um, and so next day when you heat it up and you put it in a frying pan, like the other day I heated up spaghetti in a frying pan nice. with the sauce that I had. And I added a little bit of like vegan cheese and it was delicious. It's better than the, like just, you know, the, the, the normal spaghetti I had prior, but um, little, you know, you have to just change up the way you cook too when you want to waste less food. So <laughs> frying it, putting it in a frying pan and frying it up um, is another way. But saving your food, using your freezer, and again, using the food you already have. So don't go out and buy more food. Create a list when you go shopping. Do a survey of your, of your uh, pantry and your fridge. Make sure you, okay, I have this, I have that. I don't need to go out and buy more of this. Um, and that helps you from uh, stockpiling and having more food than you should. That is one thing I'm quite bad at being disorganized. Only in that I <laughs> enjoy a supermarket trip more if I'm just wandering around the aisles and seeing what takes my fancy, but it's not always the best way to do it. It could be quite therapeutic too. You're just going to the shop and you're going up and down the aisles and you're picking things and putting it in your basket. It feels nice, but 
that, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't need to throw your money at things like that, you know? So it's better to, you know, do a little survey in your kitchen, look and see what you have first, and then you can go on your merry way. Got to make a plan. Yeah. Um. So we talked about, or we mentioned bread earlier as being a big one that people waste. I'm curious to know if there are any other things you could suggest that people waste a lot. So I was having a think about this and small ways that you can waste less of your food. And something that came to mind was, it seems ridiculous now, but I would always used to, when I was cooking mushrooms, which I do quite a lot, I would just snap the stalk off the mushroom and then throw the whole thing in my compost bin. And that was just how I prepared them. And I have no idea why. I think I must have just seen somebody else do it once upon a time. And that's always how I'd done it. And then I was on a family holiday and my I was cooking dinner with my friend Chloe and we were doing mushrooms and I snapped the stalk off the mushrooms and she went, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, why have you done that? Like, there's, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that part of the mushroom. And I thought, why have I been doing this for so many years? It felt so ridiculous. Mm. So I'm kind of thinking, are there any other things <laughs> that we get rid of a lot that we don't need to. Oh, absolutely. And I'm always asking my audience online, like which, which foods you throw away the most. And people are just, their minds are blown because it's just like how you and your friend, Chloe, like Chloe cooks one way and you cook the other way. And everyone's been brought up in different, you know, different parts of the kitchen to cook certain mm-hmm. ways. And broccoli stems one, the, the skins to your potatoes or your parsnips or your carrots, uh, the peels to... Um, butternut squash, even the skin to onions and garlics, um, those skins can be used to make a veg stock. So you can extend the life or the expectancy or that ingredient because we may not see it as edible, but it can be used to create something else. Um, Recently, I, I blended like the whole entire lemon, including the skin, the pith, everything, even the seeds, and blended it all up with some water and then placed them in ice cube trays and placed them in the freezer and made lemon ice cubes. Um, good old Felix. Good old Felix doing his magic, uh, <laughs> freezing away. Um, but yeah, potatoes and broccoli stems, uh, even like the kale stem, that the, the middle part of the stem too. People are just using the leaven and throwing away that stem. You could steam that up, blend it up, roast it. I mean, there's so many uses. I'm constantly just trying to figure out ways of uh, use the entire vegetable um, and find different creative ways um, that are not like the traditional traditional way of uh, cooking. Um, but yeah, use as much as you use everything. Um, I always ask myself that that question: what What can I do with this um, before it goes to compost? I feel like planning is probably the biggest barrier to reducing the food waste because this is it is something that I try and do more and even for example I saw a video of yours recently uh where you made I think it was a chocolate cake out of the aquafaba is that how you say it the water that comes in your chickpeas and I was happened to be using chickpeas in my dinner that night and I thought oh I'll save this save this water and maybe I'll I'll make that cake and then I just didn't get around to it because I just hadn't planned on making a cake that week or however I guess so I think is there a particular way that you try and plan when you're shopping and plan each part of the vegetable or do you kind of just get used to doing it once you've been doing it a while a little bit of both and I'm actually guilty of 
doing exactly what you do where you save something and you put it off to the side and days go by and you go, oh, am I really going to make chocolate cake again? Or am I going to make something with this, uh, this ingredient? And you kind of forget about it. And I did a clean this weekend uh, and just got rid of like projects that I had like accumulating in the fridge. Um, yeah, it does. It does require a little bit of planning. Um, sometimes you can't do it right then in the moment. If you're going to use the chickpeas for some, you know, dish, some you're going to make hummus or roast it. You're going to roast them to make something savory. But then you're going to, you know, do you have time to make that chocolate cake with the the leftover chickpea water? So it does require a little bit of planning. I mean, cooking is a privilege, and finding the time to cook is certainly a privilege uh, in itself. So um, definitely does require time. Get creative. Find find the time to do it. Uh, I I love spending my weekends uh, experimenting and finding different ways to to cook. So at the moment, I feel like when I'm talking about food and cooking, all I'm thinking about is cooking and eating at home because I've been at home for so much of the year. Would you have any tips for people on reducing their food waste once they're kind of back out in the world or reducing waste in general if you're kind of out and getting lunch at work or if you're going out for dinner how does how can we kind of apply it when we're not at home and cooking yeah i th- what, what's gonna what's going to i think happen is that we're going to still be in that mindset of buying the same amount of food that we had the week prior or you know months prior and all of a sudden your schedule is going to change and you're going to spend less nights at home cooking or days at home cooking and preparing meals. Um, again, I think, the, and you've said it, I think before I did, but it, it is planning. It is making sure that, you know, this night I'm going to cook. I'm not going to be home on this day. It's just planning ahead. Like we do with everything. We have a calendar for everything. We figure out what we're doing the next day and the, 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 the days that, uh, that come after that. So, it is it is all about planning and, and organizing your fridge and your pantry, knowing what you're going to cook. I'm not a expert at like batch cooking. I don't really typically like it. I like cooking my food fresh and in the moment. So I just find, you know, at the end of the week, I usually have a clear out where I just take almost everything out of my fridge that I have. And I have a really small fridge that sits below the counter. Um, and I just take everything that I have ingredient wise. I get a baking a baking dish now that we're moving into fall and it's you know, getting cozier and we're moving in, indoors. <laughs> uh, I just whack everything into the oven, drizzle it with olive oil and some seasoning and just have like a roasted dish um, of veggies. But um, yeah, it, I think, again, it just goes back to planning and making sure you, you know what days you're going to cook. If you're going to have lunch the next day, bring that with you. If you're going into work, um, whatever it is, but planning is going to be your, your, uh, your lifeline. Have you found it a change moving from New York to London? Is it different, would you say, how we shop over here, how we shop for food? Because I feel like in in different, depending on where you are in the UK, it's kind of a pattern of whether you are in the middle of a city and you shop every day maybe or every couple of days and you pop to a small shop near your house or whether you go and drive to a big supermarket and do a big food shop. I feel like that's quite a quite a difference in the way that people do shop and cook here yeah absolutely i mean living in a city i mean again i have a small fridge so i'm constantly you know kind of dipping out to the supermarket on a regular basis but when i am visiting friends and family who are outside the city 
it's, you know, once a week, maybe a little over once a week where, you know, we drive to the supermarket and get ingredients. Um, I don't think there is that much of a change in the way that people shop and cook. It's the same in New York and it's the same here. Um, I definitely see though the the ingredients here are fresher and they're it just feels healthier the food feels cleaner dare i say it um it just feels better the food here versus the food that i that i've consumed in new york i mean that's good to know i have i've yeah <laughs> one of my friends has said that to me before i think who was from new york actually and had said she always if she ever comes over to the uk and comes to london she always looks forward to the tomatoes because they taste so much more than the ones that she gets at home oh Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Every week, my guests and I will be answering your questions. And the first one comes in from Ryan. Tips for how to waste less food as someone living alone. And he says, I waste so much bread, I can't eat it quick enough. So the, for the person who's wasting a lot of bread, what you can do is save that loaf of bread. If it's half the loaf of bread that you want to use uh, later, put it in the freezer. I mean, you're most likely will end up end up using it for toast or heating it up, or it'll just defrost to room temp and it'll be totally fine. I would keep some out and then again, keep the other half in the freezer. That is going to be a lifesaver. It's going to, it's going to be something that changes your world and, Hopefully people take on this tip of using their freezer. We had a similar question from someone else as well, actually, who, again, was saying about being single and trying not to waste food when things come packaged for multiple people. For people who are, you know, single or living alone and they're shopping for themselves, create a list, write down what you actually need. Go on a website, go on Pinterest. I'm always constantly looking on Pinterest or cookbooks or even my cookbook and look at recipes and get inspired to actually cook uh, those recipes. And then you can stick to those li- stick to that list when you go to the supermarket and you're shopping and then just get creative from there. I think maybe part of it is just getting used to repeating your meals in a week as well. I feel like that's when I kind of, if I cook more in the evening, knowing that I'm going to have the leftovers for lunch another day, I guess it's kind of similar, like not necessarily expecting to eat a different thing every night and kind of getting comfortable with eating your leftovers as you said yeah eat your leftovers but also just it doesn't need to be the you know the the perfect dish where it's oh i need three roasted carrots and i need the 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 sauteed mushrooms here and and the baked this over here it can just be a pile of mush and i know that doesn't sound attractive or delicious but if you just Put it on a baking dish or in a frying pan, season it, put some sauce on it, whatever it is, and just throw it, you know, heat it up. It's, it's, it's going to be fine. I do this all the time with, you know, uh, with ingredients I have. Like I, that example I shared earlier with just throwing everything that I had in my fridge on a baking dish with some olive oil, some seasoning, some fresh herbs, put in, throw it in your oven. You're going to be fine. 
we're getting into roasted season anyway, so I feel like this is definitely a good time to use up all this veg in the fridge. Um, okay, so next question is from Natalie, and she says, how can I get out of the habit of buying fruit and veg, letting it die in the fridge, and then throwing it away? Mm, how can you get out of the habit of that? That's a great question. Hmm, what can you do? Um, well, storing your food properly is the first thing you, you should do and you should research. Like potatoes shouldn't be kept in the fridge. They should be kept in a cool, dark, and dry environment in your cupboard, out of sunlight and out of like the plastic bags. Um, that will help preserve food and give the food a longer uh, life expectancy. Um, something like carrots and celery you can place in water. You can, um, so if the veg is going a bit soft and um, limp, um, you can place it in, in water and the water will, or the, the vegetable will absorb the water and it'll just uh, become <laughs> more crisp again. Um, so those are ways of like hydrating your food um, because the refrigerator is a cold, dark, and dry environment and it's sucking the life the air out of the food out of the or the life out of the food so yeah finding ways to store your food properly and if food seems to be even herbs if your herbs are going a bit soft place them in water they'll firm right up and they'll crisp right up um and just plan out your meals and i know that sounds boring and it sounds kind of old school and like our parents might be doing that at home. Like they plan out their meals. They always have, yeah. you know, fish fingers or whatever. I don't fish fingers. I'm trying to sound British. They have something, <laughs> they have, you know, they have like a routine to their meals. But yeah. I think if you can pick out a couple days or even one day a week or two days a week where it's going to be this and it's going, it's going to be that, stick to, stick to that routine. Um, like I said, my, the last day of the week usually is like a big roast day where everything is kind of going to, to roast and all right. Yeah. My vegetables look like they're going a bit soft and I need to use them and the potatoes are sprouting a little bit. So I'm just going to remove that sprout, which is another tip. If your potatoes are sprouting, just remove the sprout and your potatoes are fine. If they're a little green, cut off the green part. Your potatoes are actually fine. Um, so just yeah, plan out your meals, choose one or two days and you'll be fine. Good tips. I had never heard that about putting vegetables in water. So I'm going to have to try that. Try it. Watch. Okay. Next question is from Jared and he says, I hate how much I cook chicken when I can't think of what to cook. What's an equivalent plant-based alternative that a meat eater could easily swap to? Jared, there are plentiful options out there. There is an abundance of, you know, uh, plant-based meat substitutes and alternatives in supermarkets. Um, like there's the big one that's out there now with the hamburgers and um, Beyond Me or Impossible Burger. Have you had them yet? Oh my God. I have some in my freezer. They're so good. I love them so much. <laughs> Incredible. Sometimes I have to stay away from it because it tastes so good. And it's like, it's, it's a treat for me. Like if I want, I'll have a burger. And that is just, uh, last summer I was, I think I had them every single day. But there are an abundance of alternatives. And if you're looking for something that is a bit more uh, meaty in substance and is a bit more whole food, um, go for mushrooms and walnuts sauteed in a pan or lentils and broccoli stem or chickpeas, mashed up chickpeas with sweet corn. It's going to have that texture, that meatiness. It's not, you know, and you season it up of course, you're not going to eat it alone by itself, but um, if you season it well enough with, you know, 
whatever whatever tickles your fancy if you want barbecue sauce or you know smoked paprika and um you know a marinara sauce or something you know i i think it's it always comes down for me and my palate and what i like is the seasoning if the seasoning is just like what i used to cook with prior to being vegan and plant-based mm-hmm. that way i just feel something feels good inside mm, i i know this flavor i know this taste i'm gonna keep using this and just tweak and add different ingredients to the recipe i think that's definitely good advice i mean i i'm vegetarian um not vegan but i have been for maybe four years now and i definitely remember at the beginning it is kind of a habit of and i think a lot of people are like this kind of meat and two veg people and you think well that's the main part of the dinner so if you're not having that what are you having Mm. but there are so many alternatives now in the supermarkets even if you've not quite progressed to really having completely new meals off the top of your head when you just go and do your shopping Mm. there's so many alternatives that are really quite realistic now anyway so if you're kind of thinking you want to eat less meat but you don't really know what to replace it with do the stepping stone of replacing it with a fake version of itself if that's what you fancy doing absolutely the imitation meats are they're they're incredible and it's just seeing which one tastes good to you and what texture you like based on that so yeah there's so many options now it's incredible definitely um okay the last question i've got i thought was quite a funny one is from <laughs> sophie and she says that when she thinks of a zero waste restaurant, she thinks of someone literally using scraps from the bin to make a brand new meal. So she's asking, what is the best way to market zero waste to make it more accessible? I think we need to remove actually the title of zero waste because there's this perfection that kind of uh, encapsulates the the lifestyle of, of this movement. And mm-hmm. I'm not perfect. And I use that term zero waste in like my branding and my marketing, like in previous years, because it hooked people and it grabbed people and it pulled them in. But there are restaurants like here in London, I think there's one or two restaurants in London um, that is a zero waste restaurant. They're Mm -hmm. using the whole entire ingredient um, and they're not, they're not taking anything from the bin and scraps like that. Um, I flipped that question around most of the time now is saying low waste or not even mentioning that it is low waste or no waste and just cooking the way it is. So um, I used to host supper clubs and dinner parties all the time and I wouldn't tell people what was in the food until it actually came out and they would mm-hmm. eat it or I'd tell them afterwards, okay, this was the broccoli stem or this was the skin of this ingredient or this was the part of this vegetable and people, they would, what, what, that's that? And it's all about reducing your waste as much as you can, little by little. Mm-hmm. Each day is a step in that direction. So I'm a big believer that I, I never tell, I'll never tell anyone to go vegan. I'll just tell people to eat more plants. And I'll mm-hmm. never tell people to, to, to uh, I'll say waste less food, but I won't say you need to waste no food. Yeah, it's just wait. It's it's about doing these small things. There's bigger issues than in the world than wasting, wasting less food or eating vegan. There's bigger issues that we need to solve before we even get to this. Yeah, I think, I think you're exactly right. Like things like this can just be 
quite overwhelming for people when you kind of say like oh okay you need to be wasting zero food now it seems like such an impossible goal which as you say it is but it just makes people not want to try and do it whereas I think we are starting to come around to the idea that actually any adjustments that you make are still adjustments in the right direction so even if you say we've you know we've talked a lot about broccoli stems like even if you you eat a a head of broccoli this week and you save the stem and throw it in a soup that's Mm. still waste that you've saved even if you didn't manage to save your chickpea water this week if you know what I mean like it's still all progress and I think we can all do something and none of us can do everything hit the nail on the head perfect it's about yeah again taking those small steps and you are like it's one one ingredient at a time you know, and see how it goes and see how it works for you, you know, and it may be you're saving that broccoli stem for a whole an entire year and nothing else. You're going to use that broccoli stem and that's okay. Like, it's totally fine. I've just gone down a rabbit hole of finding ways to use almost every single ingredient that I have. And that that's, that's fun. This is, I mean, my world is, I was brought up in food, so it just makes more sense for me to spend more time talking about food, being around food, and of course, eating food. So... I find it it's um, it's a challenge every single time I step into the kitchen. I I look at it. I look at it as a challenge. Okay, what can I do today that's going to create less waste, or how can I find a different use for this ingredient? I made bacon out of carrot peels. Like, it sounds so crazy. And oh, I want that now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't taste like the real thing, but it's it's just something else, and it catches people's interest oh how do you do that and you know making uh chocolate cake from aquafaba the the leftover chickpea water blending up and you can make meringues you can make so many things from that that water that ingredient Mm -hmm. better than throwing it down a sink you can use that and put it into something else so small steps big impact i think it's fun as well honestly like i mean uh, this is just me sounding like a fangirl now but i do i have seen a lot of your videos so and I i tend to watch them and i think like it's stuff that you haven't thought about wasting before. Yeah. That then once you see that there is an alternative to wasting it, you think, oh, great. It's almost like there's a puzzle that's slotted into place. I'm trying to think of one that I saw recently. It was something you did with um, the outside of a watermelon. And I thought, I haven't even thought there was a possibility that you could <laughs> eat that because how do you eat that? But what did you make? I made pickles from watermelon. The, water, the rind of the watermelon. So I just, I took off like that thin layer of skin on the outside, but that that part, that meaty whitey part, that white part on the inside of the watermelon that our parents said, don't eat that part. <laughs> As a yeah. kid growing up, I remember my parents, don't eat that, don't eat that, which is totally fine to eat. It's just a bit rough. And if you uh, keep it in a, uh, a pickle brine for a couple of days, you can have pickles. I mean... Just I just never would have thought of this kind of thing. This is what I think is so fun about it. Let me challenge you. What what ingredient do you waste the most? Because I'm always asking people, and this isn't my podcast now, I'm a, but I'm asking you, <laughs> which which ingredient do you waste? And maybe I can come up with a recipe. Maybe spinach sometimes, because it always comes in such a big bag mm. and it seems to wilt quite quickly. So maybe I'm not storing it properly. Maybe this is one of the things I need to change. Um, but yeah, spinach and also, I mean... If you're telling me I can make something out the top of an aubergine, you're going to blow my mind because I've never thought of anything with that. I haven't. 
Whoa. So, okay. Oh, challenge mark. That's my, that's my challenge. Remember, if you want to get in touch with us or have any questions for future episodes, email me at goodinfluencepod at gmail.com. At the end of each episode, I like to ask our guests for some recommendations for something to read, watch and listen to if you want to learn more about what we've discussed today. So, Max, if you don't mind, could you recommend us something to watch? To watch? It's on Netflix and it's called Patriot Act. And there's an episode called How America is Causing Global Obesity. And it talks about food deserts and it talks about a lot about food and it wraps it up into like a 15 or 20 minute episode. Easy to digest, but it gives you everything you need to know. And it's brilliant. Um, And it looks at like the wider issue around food and the problems we're facing and why America is like instigating and they're like really causing the problem and it's spreading around the world. Okay, great one. Thank you. Um, And something to read? Yes, this is one of my favorite books and it might feel a little bit dated uh, in terms uh, because the scientific reporting of the book um, was in like 2007, 2008, but it's Mm -hmm. called Waste by Tristram Struer. Um, Tristram Tristram Stewart is his name (laughs) and the book is called Waste Um, and it's just everything you need to know about food waste and the problems around the world and it's it just opened my it opened my eyes and he's he's like the person I look up to in terms of uh, documenting and becoming like a journalist in the in the food waste world okay cool so if we're really wanting to dig in that'd be a good place to start. Um, And then finally, um, a recommendation of something to listen to. Yeah, I love podcasts. And the one I listen to right now is How to Save the Planet from Dr. Ayanna Elizabeth Johnson. It's a goldmine. Go for it. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Good Influence. If you've enjoyed the episode, please take a minute to subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you're using. And if you're feeling generous, you can rate and review as well. Your reviews make a big difference and help other people find the podcast. See you next week.